A legendary photo lab is now at your fingertips. ShopDugal.com is the expanded online storefront of Dugal Visual Solutions, a leader and innovator in printing for over 50 years. At ShopDugal.com, you now have instant access to world-class printing solutions such as HD photo and archival pigment prints, acrylic prints, canvas prints, metal prints, photo books, and so much more. And they ground ship for free. So give us your best work and we'll give you ours. Find out more at shopdugal.com slash master. That's S-H-O-P-D-U-G-G-A-L dot com slash master. And use promo code master at checkout to get 25% off your first order. You're listening to the Master Photography Podcast. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Master Photography Roundtable, part of the Master Photography Podcast Network. You're joined by thousands of photographers listening to the show who are all on the same journey to master their photography. I'm Connor Hibbs, the host for this episode, and joining me for the roundtable today are Erica and Brian. How are you guys doing today? Uh, doing well, doing well. I'm great. That That's awesome. Well, uh, from the sounds of it, over the last week, the two of you guys got to hang out in person, which I'm more than just a little bit jealous mm-hmm. about. So I hope that was that was a good time. <laughs> and mm-hmm. That was fun. <laughs> We did. We had a good time. And, and Brian finally paid up for their bet, apparently. His lost bet. Yep. His lost I did. bet. He I did. did. I went above what? and beyond because I also paid for Antonio's meal as well. He oh did. And he bought beers. What? Okay. Well, so, I mean, that was so part dinner of the and... dinner, kind of. But <laughs> you, you could have been like, no, dinner includes water. You get your own beverages. That's how a lot of <laughs> places do it. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I hope that the bet was worth waiting that long for being paid up, Erica. It, it, was, it was. It was a, good. A lovely meal. All, I, I assume that with Brian's company, it's always a nice meal. Oh. <laughs> That's right. Thanks, Connor. <laughs> of course. <laughs> so anyway, today we're going to be handling a couple of different topics that we have on our minds and things that we've seen in our Facebook group. And then followed by that, we're going to have our doodads like usual. So let's start off with our first topic here. So the first one was something that I wanted to to talk a little bit about. It was something that was posted eh, last week, late last week, I think, um, by one of the members of the Master Photography Facebook group. And it was um, Jeff Brettlinger brought to our attention the fact that um, the Indiana State Fair banned cameras with lenses that were longer than three inches. And they have since actually repealed that ban because so many people phoned them and yelled at them that I think that the ban lasted all of five days. But I still wanted to talk about this because I I think it's a a weird thing when places like there there are times when I understand them not wanting people coming in with cameras at all. But what what do you think venues are doing when they try and make camera bands like this, especially something like a state fair where there's nothing really, why wouldn't you want to have nice cameras in there? Like what's the idea here? I don't personally, I don't, I don't get the ban. Um, I don't either. I think the more people that actually bring in better gear, the better like free advertising that the state fair has, you know, it allows people to, share and they put it on social media and tag things and then you see oh you know this ferris wheel moving around looks kind of cool really compared to some you know quick shot with somebody's cell phone which honestly cell phone shots are pretty good too but yeah yeah i I don't get it that's i mean that's part of my feeling with it is that i'm like you can actually take some pretty decent photos with a camera on your phone now so so why 
like I understand with certain venues, if it's a concert or, you know, a performance of some sort, I understand they don't want to be responsible for someone else's gear getting in the way and possibly hurting someone. I, I guess they can't really police people using flashes, but cameras on phones have flashes now. So that that doesn't quite line up there. And and other than that, it, like it seems to me like they're trying to have only professionals that have passes into things like this and then hope that the quality of phones never get so good that you could make poorly made bootleg versions of concerts and things with your phone. I just, I just don't understand why a place, especially a fair would try and ban cameras based on a certain lens length. And I also find it a little bit frustrating that uh, an average person just assumes that a camera that you can remove the lens from is a professional camera and somehow that is worse to have around versus i don't know a point and shoot or something like that when we all know that it really is the camera that makes the photographer right yeah exactly right yeah they they're assuming they're assuming that just because they can change the lens that they must take professional photos which (laughs) <laughs> obviously isn't a good assumption no definitely not I, I mean similar things happen i mean i'm sure we've all heard of like tripod bands in certain buildings um i i don't know why i have cathedrals in mind um that i've seen tripod bands like in a lot of european cathedrals they don't allow people to bring in a tripod which i think is actually it, it makes good sense because you don't want people impeding the flow of traffic uh, a tripod can create a tripping hazard so that's that's a problem but what about a monopod is that a problem or or one of the the platypods setting something a camera down on the ground then you have a, a different kind of tripping hazard so that's something that i kind of understand the logic there but I, I don't know i just thought it was an interesting thing to bring up and wanted to see if i'm just crazy for thinking this is ridiculous to have bands on cameras like that or if if you guys agree no i definitely agree and i I'm trying to like dig for reasons behind this, trying to figure out like why are they doing this? And I wonder if it's a space issue. There's so many, I know at the Ohio state fair, it's so crowded. There's so many people. I wonder if they're just trying to prevent people from coming in with really large objects that take up a lot of space. Yeah. But as I think more about that, like women carry huge purses, right? Like bigger than a camera with a three inch lens on it. So I can't, even that doesn't make sense to me. Yeah. I just I just don't get it. I, I, I don't get it. Obviously, this in, in this instance, they changed their minds or saw the error of their ways um, relatively quickly. But I do find it interesting because these these instances pop up uh, maybe a couple of times a year where I'll see something on Petapixel or some other blog that talks about so-and-so event band professional quote-unquote cameras and then also you know with with micro four-thirds style cameras some of those lenses that are great professional lenses are really small now so what are they going to eventually just start banning any camera that you can take the lens off of no matter the size of the lens like and and that's always the the terms under which it is uh, the ban is put in places like the length of the lens is somehow an issue. So if if you like shooting telephoto images, you're in trouble. But if you shoot with a 35 or a 50 millimeter prime, you should be fine to go into these places. It, it just doesn't make any sense to me whatsoever. And I think it's it seems just silly. I agree. Fair enough. Well, well, it's it's kind of a shorter topic. I just wanted to, to stop and give some attention because I thought it was a, a great thing that Jeff brought to our attention and um, wanted. Yeah, just wanted to have a sh- short conversation there. So our next topic is something well, that... Hold on really quick before you go into that. 
Mm-hmm. I would love to hear. I mean, obviously, somebody feels that there's a reason for it, and yes. somebody feels that there's a good reason. So, if any listeners here know or have heard of those, I'd love to have somebody just post that, you know, in the Facebook group because yeah. I want I want to know why that is. And short of, I guess, I'm too lazy to spend the time to call them to find out their their good reasoning for it. If anyone does know, please post it so that way we can all be better educated. Yeah, yeah, I, th- I think that that's a, a great time because uh, or a great point because oftentimes I think that um, the, these decisions are made in a way that doesn't actually line up with the logic of of the realities of how photography works, and so it's it's a person who is uninformed about what makes professional. I, I okay, I, it's not even a professional gear versus not professional gear. I don't understand the logic that's behind it, much less um, wh- why that is the solution that's put into place. So yeah, if you know, I would love for you to comment something in the Facebook group because the only thing I've ever heard was sometimes it's like copyright issues. They're worried about uh, having people that have licenses or not licenses, but you know, press passes, taking photos at concerts, um, having to compete with people out in the crowd. But for something like this, that's just a large open event. I really just don't understand whatsoever. So if you have an answer, go, over to the master photography facebook page and give us an answer that'd be awesome so i just did a quick google search yes um and i it's i have to laugh because this is hilarious okay. so i found the list of banned items for the indiana state fair uh-huh and Which, wait, 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 list- wait hold on hold on before you go through that list i live in indiana maybe it, i don't want this to sound like we're bashing indiana maybe this no. is true for multiple state fairs for not multiple, just yeah. us hoosiers here <laughs> but you just happen to find a specific list for Indiana because you found what you were well, searching for. Right. Yeah. This the the article was about the this Indiana particular State Fair, Fair banning cameras. So I am researching what else is banned at the Indiana State Fair. And these items that are banned include weapons, firearms, alcohol, balloons and beach balls, fireworks, drugs lasers sticks and bats and cameras <laughs> so like these are all like one of these things are not like the or, other all right <laughs> potentially harmful things and then we have cameras cameras it's just i just thought that was funny that's so weird yeah so I, that doesn't I, specify like slrs where you, you know with where you can change the lens that just says cameras in general right well it says cameras with lens bigger than three inches yeah oh, okay okay yeah which <laughs> I like I I have plenty of lenses for my camera that are shorter than three inches. So so that tells me that maybe it ha- the logic has something to do with space. But then, but why? Like, what does? How does that change anything in re- relation to the rest of the space? Thank you for looking that up, Erica. That's extra <laughs> ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> oh gosh okay now before i try and rush through it again any any last words on this subject no i'll sit quietly okay <laughs> same <laughs> so our next topic is talking about some lessons learned from brian recently with a, a an experience that i assume as a sportsy person was pretty cool as a non-sportsy person i just don't know anything about this world <laughs> so um. so brian how about you tell us about your recent trip yeah, so I went to Ohio. There's not much in Ohio. Um, that is uh, a lot. Other than <laughs> wait, I'm not done. Other than the great Erica and <laughs> Canton, Ohio, which if you've ever been through Canton, you're like, 
why is this located here? But uh, <laughs> in Canton, Ohio, which is kind of up by Cleveland area, um, they have the, it's called Professional uh, Hall of Fame, Professional Football Hall of Fame, not NFL, because they are not officially owned by the NFL. But ah. so in the Hall of Fame, you know, these are the best of the best NFL players ever. And over the 50 plus years or whatever, there currently is only 318 players that have made it into the Professional Football Hall of Fame. And um, Brian Erlacher is officially number 318 because they, they do him, I believe, probably in alphabetical order, which is why he was at the end. So only 318 players, which if you're a football fan, that's a pretty big deal. And football has been a big part of my life. I've always said faith, family, football, and photography. And I grew up uh, near Chicago, so I'm a big, huge Bears fan, which isn't always a good thing. It was in, the eight, in 1985, but um, other than that, not a whole lot to cheer for, other than uh, Brian Erlacher, who was just a beast of a football player, and he played from 2000 to 2013. And I fortunately have some connections to that, to where I had the opportunity to go this weekend and spend four days kind of capturing the different events for him because there's different ceremonies. There's like one of them is a, a gold jacket ceremony where you're given the gold jacket and then you're kind of like officially in the club. I guess it's kind of like for golfers, isn't it a green jacket for golfers? Uh, is it? I, I only know from happy Gilmore that it's a, a gold jacket there <laughs> as well. Okay. Well, but whatever you're color probably it is. right. I, I trust uh, your, maybe Eric can Google that while I keep talking. Um, <laughs> I'm on it. So uh, that's one of the ceremonies and that's one of the big ceremonies. And then there's like a parade usually for them. And then there's another big ceremony where, um, they have a bust, which, you know, like a head and shoulder yeah. sculpture is revealed and it, it has a, a, like a sheet over it. And then in front of the whole crowd, they pull it off and they get to see it for the first time. And their bust is what is kept in the hall of fame. So I had the opportunity to capture, uh, all of that. And I did a handful of years ago as well for Shannon Sharp, but had more limited access back then compared to what I had this time. And so for me, it was a dream come true. Uh, you know, my favorite football player ever being able to capture uh, those memories for him. And he's going to end up being given those images later. So that's kind of what I did. So, so how did you get this? Like, how, how did you get this opportunity? Yeah. Um, I've got to be ca cautious about how I say some things that I get opportunities for. Um, Sorry for asking. No, 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 that's good. It's a, it's a very good, legit question. And okay. I'm going to bring it back to one word that you hear me say a lot of, and it's mm -hmm. relationships. Yeah. And, um, I, I think I've shared before in a previous, uh, interview episode, I think Jim interviewed me once uh, about just NFL photography and it all started with me being intentional about editing some photos somewhere, hoping somebody would see and just being a relational person. Cause I just love people, uh, that opened some doors, which then domino affected everything that I've been blessed to be able to do and led up to this, to where I kind of initiated a conversation with, um, with the person and kept bugging them and following through. And it was something that was like a win-win. So yeah. it gave me this amazing opportunity that I'm going to make some money on. And it gave them a kind of basically like a gift for, for Brian Erlacher. Um, yeah. 
which is pretty cool. So that's kind that's, of all I can say about it. So, so the answer is relationships and persistence. Yes. Yeah. Very cool. And I, I, and I believe with photography, like a lot of it is that like you should let people know what you want to do in life with photography. Yeah. You know, what are your dreams? What do you want to do? And because people want to help other people. And if you let them know, Hey, here's what I want to do. If anyone knows of anybody, let me know. That'd be great. Like people want to help people. So I think by doing that and just by being a, you know, a, a good person and all people see that and want to help. And so that will lead to opportunities, whether it's shooting travel, shooting just, you know, headshots or, you know, getting started if you're wanting to shoot, you know, seniors or portraits or something, whatever it may be, letting yeah. people know and just going after it. No, I, I think that that's a, a great point that it's, it's important to not just have these dreams and keep them inside, but to, to talk with the people that you would actually ultimately like to work with or other, just letting other people know that that's your goals and those are your dreams. Um, I think mm-hmm. that that really helps to, um, actually get you in the right position to do those things because as you said people want to help people especially especially if you're not a mean person or horrible to other people if you're if you're kind and want to be helpful to others i think that they will feel similarly towards you and and yeah and i think that that's a great little piece of advice um, especially since you had to be otherwise relatively cautious in your answer there but yeah so so was this something that you specifically sought out like shooting this kind of event or was it just something that you wanted to be football related anything that and everything that was under the sun and that was the way that you were bugging them so i i love football and any opportunity that i can to do something with the nfl that i feel like i would enjoy i try to take advantage of um and really it almost it actually actually almost didn't happen and wasn't going to happen because the same weekend, uh, a few months ago, Nick Page and I were planning a workshop that he and I were going to do together in Ireland, which I'm sure a lot of the listeners here have already seen <laughs> some of the amazing photos he posted. Awesome there. photos. But so we had this all set that he and I were going to lead this workshop there. And uh, I had at the very last minute when he was about to post it, Brian Erlacher was nominated to be inducted into the hall of fame and i'm like okay wait hold on ireland is always going to be there this opportunity to possibly right and it's a risk i was taking because i had to i had to commit with nick and i had to say listen nick, yes or no i have to back out of this and he gets it because you know he's a good friend and we've done some nfl stuff together and we've talked about this before and um so he understood and yeah but it was a risk because it was possible i wouldn't be able to have the opportunity and honestly, uh, so let's say today is in, in our world of speaking today's Tuesday, right? Yeah. Yep. So, um, and I think Erica, uh, I contacted her last Tuesday because last Tuesday I found out that I finally was approved for the credentials. Oh, and wow. So I, I had given up on it and I was posting to Nick and our good buddy who lives in Ireland, Neil, just saying, hey, you know. I'm keeping my fingers crossed still, but I'm kicking myself now. I just totally wish I was with you guys in Ireland. And yeah, um, literally last minute, I got the phone call that uh, it was going to happen, that I got the credentials. And so from there, I just had to, to move forward. That's that's seriously awesome. I, I would have thought that you had heard at least a ways back because it's been a while since since Ireland was on the table. And, right. and so the fact that you only just heard about that, man, I, I would have been really kicking myself as well 
Mm-hmm. So, but I'm I'm glad that you got that opportunity, man. That's that's really awesome. And and everything went well. You're happy with the way that the results came yes out. Yes and no. Uh, everything oh, yeah? was everything was not smooth at all. So <laughs> I, I think we started talking about lessons learned. Um, yes. In the end, it, I got I got great pictures that I was really happy with, and I'm excited that my images are what he's going to have to kind of look back on to remember the weekend. So, yeah. you know, in the end, everything worked out. But so here, here are some lessons I, le- I learned, which I kind of was prepared for. I've done a lot of different celebrity athlete type events, and I know that things don't work out the way you think they're going to. Yeah, and everything is all last minute. So there basically was um, for the four different days, there was a football game where the, the Bears were going to play the Ravens there at the Hall of Fame, followed by uh, his, his private party. And then the next day, there was the uh, gold jacket ceremony. And then the next day was a parade and then the bust reveal. Um, and so I was under the impression, I was told that I was credentialed for everything. Yeah. So I go there to pick it up. And long story short, I'm not going to tell you how it all unfolded <laughs> because it would take forever. I could talk for hours about this. But I go to get the credentials from the guy at the Hall of Fame. He hands them to me. And it was only for the bust reveal. So just oh, one no. event. And I looked at him. I said, well, what about for the game? What about for the gold jacket ceremony? I said, I'm here to capture this for him. And I need to be at those things. He goes, sorry, I don't have anything to do with that. He goes, the NFL is not part of the Hall of Fame. And the gold jacket ceremony ceremony is done by the city of Canton. So I said, well, so what do I need for the game? He goes, you have to contact the NFL. I said, okay, uh, what do I need for the gold jacket ceremony? He goes, you got to go through the city. So this is hours away from the football game starting, and I'm just freaking out. And so yeah. my lesson, lesson number one learned is expect the unexpected, which I do. And so because of that, lesson number two is have extra time. So I show up hours before anything needs to be done, which is why I'm glad I did, because immediately I left there and I drove to kind of this, the building where the, where the jacket ceremony was going to be done, walk in, there's some guy there at the table and I just start talking to him, you know, trying to, trying to be polite and yeah, um, yeah, of course. shared with him, here's what, here's my issue. Here's the problem. And he's like, well, you know, I, I think I have the phone number here, but she's not here anymore. So he, he's like, you can give her a call. So I'm like, great. I called her. She goes, hey, actually I am there. Give me a few minutes and I'll come down and talk to you. So she came down and talked to me. And I explained the whole situation. I said, listen, here's what I need. Here's the issue. And she was just so kind and so generous. And she's like, yes, you know, we have issues because the Hall of Fame is one entity and we're a different one. And I'm sorry that, you know, this hasn't worked out. Let me see what I can do. Give me your number and I'll text you later. And she did. And so I got the credentials that I needed for all that. Um, so, <laughs> wow. and then when you're there, you're limited for like the bust reveal, you're limited as to how close you can get. You're about a hundred yards away from the player revealing the bust. And I was gonna, yards. Yeah, man. Yeah, well, is... no, no, actually, no. It was it was fifty yards because oh, okay. we're we're inside a stadium and it was kind of a sideways. Yeah, um, the way it was done. Anyways, uh, so I only had my seventy to two hundred, but <laughs> a friend gave me a one point four teleconverter that I used, and that was great when it was sunny. But then. By the time Brian Erlacher got up, the sun had gone down and it just was the stadium lights on him. So I thought, okay, I need to get closer. 
and I know that we're really not allowed to as the yeah. photographers. Most of the photographers there are all just media, though. So I went up to one of the ladies ahead of time with the previous player was speaking because each player, there's eight of them. Each player um, speaks and kind of gives their like 15, 20 minute speech about their career and thanking everybody. And then yeah. they reveal, you know, the bus is revealed right before that. So I went a person ahead of time and talked to say, I said, listen, um, here's my name. Here's what I'm doing. I'm trying to capture these. This isn't for the press, for the newspapers. These are for him personally. Is there any way that I can maybe go into this aisle to get this shot and everything? And, um, and she was extremely kind back and, and she's like, yeah, I, I can, I can help you do that. We're not supposed to let anyone else, but, but that's fine. And so I did and that worked out and I'm the type that it's like, okay, I'm already there. So it's not going to hurt if I get a little bit closer and a little bit closer and a little bit closer. <laughs> yeah. So oh, I, boy. I, I, I ended up, I mean, what is she going to do? No one's going to, and I wasn't doing anything bad. Okay. I yeah. just was taking advantage of the opportunity I had. And I ended up being in the second row from him. And so the second row was his, or first row was his wife and kids. And then the next like six rows were all of these ex Chicago Bears football players and, and oh coaches that have been part of his life. So uh, you can actually see from his speech, there's a couple of times where I'm on camera because they show like the audience of the, of the players. And it's just from, I think, being a relational person and letting people know, listen, here's, here's what I need to do. Here's who I am. And being respectful of things. You know, if, if she would have said no, I would have respected that. And I just yeah. would have done the best that I could. But that allowed me to get up and get the shots that I need. And um, it just, it was great. And so it's important when you do any type of event to make sure you have plenty of time, know things ahead of time. and. Don't freak out if you're told no. Just figure out how to make that no a yes. And, you know, again, people want to help. And this doesn't work with any event. Something about the Hall of Fame events, in in my opinion, they're not that well organized. So it wasn't too difficult to make these things happen. But um, you just just got to be prepared for it because you never know what's going to happen. Yeah. Well, I, I think that you really hit on something that obviously these are lessons learned from this particular event, but uh, I, the asking for permission and then being polite while maybe pushing like being persistent and pushing more towards what you're really hoping for um, can be really useful. And something that I've definitely found over the past few years in the times when I've been in not that situation, but similar situations where I needed permission for something that really wasn't quite allowed is that, that people have a tendency to kind of mirror your behavior. So if you come up and you're frantic and you know, you thought you could get way closer than you can before and you're upset about it and you walk up and you're like, well, but I wanted this blah, blah, blah. And you're, you're giving off this kind of negative stressed energy. The person's going to want you to just go away because you're going to make them feel uncomfortable with it. But if you, if you go up to a person and you're polite and you treat them like a human being and maybe ask how they're doing, it's, it's, far from manipulation or anything like that. You're, you're just being polite and seeing if maybe they can help you. And if not, all right, I absolutely understand, but it, it, there's no reason to not ask. This kind of goes back to that point is you, you need to ask for the things that you want, even if you're in that last minute situation. So uh, it's really cool to hear that you did that and that it worked out so well for you that you were able to get that close to, you, you said second row. Yeah. Yeah. During, during his speech part, second yeah. row. And, and it's pretty cool. Cause then afterwards, they go off to the back and they bring out their bust uh, to the back on a pedestal. And that's where the media lines up and takes some shots of them. And, um, you know, I had been working for a few days, so 
he he kind of knew what I was doing and he'd be like, Hey Brian, thanks. You know? And I told him, I said, I appreciate this opportunity to be able to capture this for you. And he's like, yeah, no, thank you. You were everywhere. I appreciate everything you did. And he gave me a hug and got on his gold jacket when he hugged me. I'm like, Oh, this is awesome. Yeah. As a bears fan. uh, (laughs) You guys took a selfie too, right? Oh yeah. That was, well, that was at his party. That was a horrible selfie. You know, so when you got a a cell phone at two o'clock in the morning and you're in a, a dark, room you know it was where people were dancing and singing and we did a picture together and we're both kind of just staring at my phone waiting for it to take the picture and so that's why like my mouth is kind of all slanted and looking weird and he's just staring at it but i'm like hey that's what the moment was so yeah yeah. uh, that's that's a really cool experience man i'm I'm super Mm -hmm. glad that you shared that with us um well we're going to be moving on to our next section section but before we do that we're going to have a short break from our sponsors If you're anything like me and you're looking for a professional printing service to turn your photos into canvas prints, you want someone who's reliable, who's using the highest quality canvas, and who is affordable. Well, good news, Royal Canvas is all three of those things. They print in 11 colors, use premium canvas that doesn't crack when it's stretched, and they ship super fast, usually within two or three days of ordering. Plus, if you ever need to contact them, you'll be talking to a real person who can help you out with accurate information and resolve any problems quickly. With Royal Canvas, you're getting a premium quality canvas, archival ink, and an expert stretch. So go ahead and give it a try. Go to royalcanvas.com master and you'll get 40% off of a single canvas print and an additional 10% off of poster or metal prints. Or if you'd like a sample, Feel free to email service at royalcanvas.com and they'll send you a free canvas color swatch. That's royalcanvas.com slash master for 40% off of a single canvas print and an additional 10% off of poster or metal prints. Welcome back to the Master Photography Roundtable podcast. Today we are talking about our recommendations recommendations for purchasing a prime lens. So this was another thing that I pulled off of the our Facebook group, the Master Photography Podcast Listeners Facebook group, um, that was written by, I'm sorry, I'm going to butcher this name, Tanja Hansen. Um, and she's asking about having a hard time deciding between purchasing a 35 millimeter f 1.8 and a 50 millimeter 1.8 um, for an x lens usually if that's a conversation it's it's earlier in the lens lineup so we'll say she probably has a prime lens that covers that entire spectrum there but if you were to go for a prime lens she said that she primarily shoots families and children do, do you think that she should go for something that's a little bit wider like that 35 millimeter or something that's in the 50 millimeter range and i want to hear your reasons why erica you probably have more experience with that with using prime lenses i personally i have a, a 51.2 and other than my macro lens that my 100 that's really the only prime lens that I have. And honestly, I don't use it as much as I do on my other lenses just because of a lot of, a lot of what I tend to shoot. But Erica, yeah. what about you? I am, I'm, I'm in the same boat as you, Brian. I don't have a ton of prime lenses. I have the 50 and I have a 100 and then I have a tilt shift, which is a prime. Yeah. But I don't really count that one in my prime arsenal. And I've just never really found a need for the 35. However, I do have a 16 to 35 and I do use it zoomed all the way into 35. Yeah. Fairly often, not a ton, but fairly often. Um, For me personally, I'd go with the 50. I think it's much, it's just a a better lens for most, most types of photography and for most situations. Yeah. The 50 is going to be 
is going to be a good lens. It's it's not too wide. It's not you know too much of a zoom. You can fit quite a bit in the frame with the fifty. Um, there might be instances where you need a little bit wider, but as with any prime, you just move yourself in relation to the subject. Um, so from from my recommendation, I would go with the fifty. All right, and and Brian, out of those two, would you recommend the fifty as well over a thirty-five? I mean, I personally would because if if I'm using it, I believe she's wanting to probably use it for she photographs mainly families and children. Um, yeah, I personally would go with the fifty just to avoid any like you know warping and just things looking different. Distortion. I, yeah, I yeah. use my sixteen to thirty-five for a lot of like landscape and architectural type stuff, and I don't think I normally shoot people with that at all unless i've got them placed right in the middle so yeah i would definitely recommend the 50 which i think we talked in the last episode um they're about uh young doesn't young newell have a 50 millimeter yeah. out yeah they do and mm-hmm. so there there seems to be a lot of different options but and i'm not i don't have the nifty 50 but i've heard good things about that as well yeah see okay so so now that i have heard your guys opinion i i don't know if you've actually looked at this poll or not but an overwhelming majority of people recommended getting the 35 over the 50 and and interesting i i just found that so interesting like i I think that it was a matter of like 45 or 50 people said get the 35 and only like 12 or 14 people said get the 50 like a huge huge difference between the two of them and and i found that so odd because i i um back before i had any zoom lenses i actually had an array of primes so i had an 85 millimeter a 50 millimeter and a 28 millimeter um that kind of helped me span the range from something that's a little bit more telephoto something that's kind of in the middle and something that's not wide wide but a little bit on the wider side and the the wider lenses i just didn't really end up using all that often um one one thing that's kind of interesting in this particular question for these particular lenses is that it will kind of vary depending on the the crop factor of your camera because a 50 millimeter on a crop fa- on a crop sensor camera is going to be roughly the equivalent of an 85 millimeter on a full frame and similarly the 35 millimeter is going to be roughly the same as a 50 millimeter on a full frame the the thing that i find is when i shot on a crop sensor i i gravitated towards that 50 millimeter a lot and when i shot on a full frame camera i felt like the 50 millimeter was really wide because i was so used to seeing my my 28 millimeter being about the same kind of spread that i had and and yet I still will kind of gravitate towards that 50 millimeter range. And I, I went back through my images and I looked at maybe what I, I average out for where I'm shooting. I shoot my 24 to 70 most of the time. So I could feasibly be shooting at 35 millimeters or 50 millimeters. And I find for my personal style, I end up shooting around 50 to 55 millimeters for a, an overwhelming majority of what I shoot. And I think part of that might just be because my brain has been trained to see in 50 millimeters because I shot with that 50 <laughs> millimeter prime for so long that it just seems to look yeah. right to me. But I, I just, I found it really interesting. I, one of her concerns was um, the, the 50 millimeter not being wide wide enough to fit a full family in, which I understand. But as you said, no, zooming with your feet isn't a perfect same as zooming at different millimeters. But I mean, realistically, yeah, you can back up in most situations to get a whole family in. And and I I 
I don't know. I just thought it was really interesting to see on the Facebook group that so many people disagreed with me. I, I thought it was just, oh, of course, the 50 millimeter should be the next lens that you get. And I was really surprised to see that most people disagree. Yeah, that's really surprising to me, too. And I think Brian made a good point about the distortion. I've not shot with the 35 1.8, so I can't really speak to the distortion there. But I know when I shoot with my 16 to 35 at 35, there's still quite a bit of distortion there. Yeah. And if you're photographing kids, sometimes you're getting really close to them and it, it can really make their heads appear large. And if you're if you don't have the the family or the person perfectly centered, you're going to get a lot of distortion there. So I think it's really interesting that that wasn't I'm assuming it wasn't brought up since so many people were actually on team 35. Yeah, like I I actually didn't take the time to read through any of the comments on it. But just looking at the poll, everybody was sitting on the 35 side. And yeah, I I just I find that very odd because you're right. I mean, 35 millimeters, the distortion isn't terrible until you start getting close to the edges of the frame. But assuming that that's what you're using it for because a family is large. So you're going to be filling the frame with this family at 35 millimeters. That means whoever's on the outsides of the frame is going to be warped and stretched in a a long ways in comparison to shooting with a 50 millimeter that you just back up a little bit more. The the one other thing that she kind of brings up in the question was talking about um, the bokeh of the 35 millimeters versus the 50 millimeters saying that the the Mm -hmm. bokeh won't compare when technically if if you are closer if your subject is closer to the lens your depth of field is going to be narrower so you're you'll be able to still get a nice bokeh but that means that you have a subject really close to your lens at 35 millimeters which is going to add some extra weird distortion to them and make their face and defeating the purpose of of having a wider lens yeah yeah exactly so i i just i found it a little bit interesting and thought it was a worthwhile conversation to have you know what I love about photography and gear and, and even just in life is that everybody has an opinion. And oh, yeah. for the most part, <laughs> nobody's afraid to share their opinion. And I think <laughs> the, so the three of us would probably say the 50, but yeah, on Facebook, most people are saying the 35 and, you know, maybe she just needs to feel like go with her gut feeling and, and just whoever she trusts. But uh, I Googled, uh, cause I guess that's the thing that we're doing while we're on this, right, Erica? Um, <laughs> <laughs> I googled uh, the best 50 millimeter lens for Canon, and I don't know. She didn't say here if she was Canon or Nikon, but uh, came across a link that we can share from uh, PictureCorrect.com, where they interview or not interviewed. You can't interview lenses, but where they compared the different lenses and they gave a, a little bit of a review. There's a video and some other things that talks about like, the sharpness and distortion and contrast and the bokeh and, and all that good stuff. So maybe that might help her once she decides if she wants a 50 yeah yeah absolutely and this is something as i said it was a little wait a little while ago a week or so ago i want to also emphasize that if you're listening to this and you bought the 35 you didn't do a bad job in fact a lot of photographers (laughs) go along with like strictly shoot 35 millimeters i know a a lot of um, a lot a lot of street photographers and like lifestyle photographers will do that because it it looks very natural so it's not to say that it's uh, wrong one way or the other i just i was kind of surprised to see such a weight in one direction over the other um in that conversation there So every week before we leave, we like to leave you with a bit of information about doodads that we recommend. So, Erica, I'm going to throw to you first here. What is your doodad this week? My doodad of the week is the Snapseed app. 
Um, I think they have it maybe for PCs and desktops and laptops and stuff too, but I only use it uh, on my mobile and it's an editing app and it's the best one that I found so far. It is really, really versatile. It has a ton of options for for editing, not just like throwing a preset or a filter on it and go, but it has curves. It has like really detailed white balance editing. It's it's the closest thing to Lightroom outside of Lightroom Mobile yeah. that I have found. Um, and I really, really like using it. It's it's a very useful app for those of you who do any sort of photos on your phone or even just quick snapshots on your phone and are looking for something to edit with. Definitely check out Snapseed. So so is your use case for this app just for photos that you take with your phone, not stuff that you're transferring over through like a wireless tether or something like that? Right, right. Yeah, I don't do any of my like professional edits with it. I guess if I were just out shooting you know, while traveling or just something personal and I transferred something over to my phone, I would use it. I've used it for like my GoPro shots and things like that. But I don't know that I'd recommend using it for professional, like for paying clients, but it's, it is really good for other things. Gives, gives you a little bit more control compared to just throwing a filter on it. Exactly. Oh, very cool. And Brian, what's, what's your doodad? Well, Again, uh, after my trip this past weekend and thinking ahead of time of where I was going to be and what I may need with the lenses that I had, because I didn't have time to rent one because it was all last minute, I borrowed a uh, Canon 1.4 telephoto extender for my my camera. And uh, for the price and everything, it seems like a, a decent deal for being able to kind of give yourself that little extra um, you know, decent deal of $400 ish. <laughs> but, um, when, when I put it on my 70 to 200, uh, 2.8 candle lens that I have, you know, it gives me that extra because now it's something like a 98 to 280 millimeter. So it gets me closer, but then I lose the stop. So instead of being able to shoot at 2.8, now it's an F4. And that was fine for the first few guys during the light but it was an issue when things got a little bit darker from where yeah. I was going to have to shoot. But um, I, I think that I could see myself using this, like buying my own to use it to shoot a lot of my kids' sports just from the sideline and, and not having to rent a big lens when I'm trying to zoom in on my eight-year-old running down the field. So Yeah, I, so that, I, I definitely could see. And $400 compared to buying an extra long, big, beefy lens really isn't terrible. So that's right. Cool. Well, well, my doodad is um, not really a doodad, kind of a doodad. Um, They are an occasional sponsor of us, and that is Audible. I really like my Audible subscription. I think at this point I have like 230 books in my library. And I've been really trying to force myself to not waste my time on time wasty stuff on online both watching netflix and stuff when i edit and i try and i'm trying to curb my facebook and other online usage and redirect that towards useful stuff and i've been listening to a ton of audiobooks as of recent in fact i I think that i have finished like seven books within the last month um because i just listen to to information rather than um, watching mindless stuff while I'm editing, but I love it. I I'm a big, 
I'm a big proponent of it. And I think that if you don't have it and you're interested, you get some sort of deal if you go to audible.com slash improve still. I typed in the, the link and it showed as if it was working normally. So I think you can actually still get a deal. I don't think that actually comes back to us at all. Might go to our, our buddy Jim, but just I think it's an awesome service and would recommend it to anybody that's listening. Well, um, thank you guys so much for joining me on today's episode. Just a reminder, you can find all of our podcast feed and anything else at the new home for the show, which is masterphotographypodcast.com. And you can join our Facebook group, which is Master Photography Podcast. Just search for it on Facebook and you should be able to find it. You got to use one of our names in order to get in. So you can say that it was Erica or Brian or Connor that sent you there. And we will approve you getting get you in the group and you can start interacting with the rest of us. Erica, Brian, thank you guys so much for joining me on this week's episode, and we'll talk to you in another seven days. 